we're Mike and Paige. We're college sweethearts. We've been married almost 10 years this June. What up? We have four pretty awesome kids, and we have a story to tell. We love a good story, and we love podcasts even more. So we figured, why don't we combine them? So this is Laugh So You Don't Cry. Uh, I like how you were like, we have a good story. We like a good story. So here's our podcast. That was kind of funny. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. So tonight's Paige's turn. <laughs> um, I have what been, he's saying is, we've talked about my mess ups. Paige is giving a turn. We, uh, <laughs> we've taken Mike's name and shown why it was mud. Okay, but now your name's not mud. We my are name all is mud. Bang, bang, ding, ding. Um, no, so tonight I, I want to tell you guys a quick story. And this is how we're kind of kind of do things. We're gonna open up a little funny story and then kind of get into some, you know, some of the meat. Um, <laughs> so last podcast you said man meat, and I let me did. just tell you, every time I hear it, I kind of cringe a little bit. Good, you should. Also, friends, thank you so much for being patient with us. Last week we didn't have a podcast that came out on Thursday mm-hmm. because instead we went to Disney. <laughs> Literally on Sunday I had a bad day. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get into that story, but just know some extended family said some things that I wasn't in love with. Um and it just kind of went from there. Anyways, and on Monday morning I woke up and said Forget it. We're going to Disney. <laughs> well, it started. She's like, hey, I want to go to Disney. I was like, all right, go to Disney. I don't care. Yeah. And then she was like, kinda, just for like a day. I couldn't pick which kid to take. And then it quickly turned into Memphis Zayo, Mike and I going. But anyways, thank you for being like super patient with us. I also had a couple of you guys who reached out to me and said, you're spending a lot of money and you're leaving. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> These people so, know know your triggers. Uh, they have listened to the podcast. They said, like, hey, I know from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, friends. I for... like that your dirty laundry's out there too, not just mine. It's, yeah. it's kind of refreshing. <laughs> and this episode is gonna get into a little bit more of <laughs> my dirty laundry. So thank you guys for being so chill with us and excited for y'all to hang with us today. And just a side note, the uh it was supposed to be like a two-day trip, and you were there for how many days? Oh, guys, I was there for six days. My best friend meet, met us there, and she kept extending our tri- her trip, and then I extended my trip. <laughs> but we resorted the last couple of days, so it wasn't like we went to Yeah, Disney. I mean, to justify, the, justify it oh, any stop. way you want to. <laughs> uh, well, guys, uh, before we get into the, the main course, uh, we have a little funny story. Yeah, you know those stories that like... It's not what happens really. Like, you know, the story is like a, oh, that was a funny time. That was a good time. But it's like the little things that like will always stick in your mind, like a saying or like something you saw. Well, this is one of those stories for us. Um, it's kind of, it's really summed up by one saying and we'll get to that saying. Um, <laughs> it's the title of our episode. It's the title of the episode. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I threw open your sink. <laughs> um, so we have these friends and their names are redacted. And changed. So we um, decided we're calling them Sally and Chris, which is another couple of friends that we love. But <laughs> but that's not them. It's, it's not so, them. So it works out perfectly. Um, and it's really funny not telling the story and thinking about Sally and Chris being the ones doing it because it, <laughs> it's completely out of <laughs> that character. Would be ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so gosh, how was it? Like three years ago? Yeah, we became friends with them. Maybe it was longer than that. It was five years ago. But when, but when this incident happened. Oh, this happened like three years ago. Yeah. yeah. So w- me and Paige aren't partiers. No, I never really did the party scene. I went to a private Christian college. I turned twenty one at college, <laughs> and so such we a had, prude. We had signed a document saying that we wouldn't drink at school. So I did on my twenty first birthday. We went to Red Robin. My mom and I. After volunteering at a youth group, (laughs) as a youth group leader, I went to a Red Robin with my mom, and I did not even get a alcoholic drink. Um, I did not drink until, I think, after college. It just wasn't a thing for me. And I'm not really a big drinker even now. I love a good margarita, but other than that, I'm just like, meh. I'd much rather have a Coca-Cola. You love (laughs) a good margarita. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't drink them often, but when you get one, you're like... Oh, <laughs> this is good. This margarita is so good. Five and see, more. See, here's the problem. Five more. <laughs> I'm joking. There's only been like three times that's happened. Yeah, and this no. is one of them. 
<laughs> the story. And here's the story of that. So um, my friend Sally makes the best margaritas I've ever had in my life. Guys, they're so good. They're fresh. Um, she uses this. I don't even know. I don't even know. Maybe in the show notes, I'll put the <laughs> <laughs> the recipe. The recipe. I don't know. Maybe that's a recipe for disaster. Wah, wah, wah. Anyways, um, she had invited us over. Um, we're all really good friends with each other. Yeah, me and the husband. Uh, I, I I would say, I, I would go as far as to say that Chris is my best friend. Yeah. He's been a really good friend to us. I would take a bullet in the butt. In the butt, only in the butt, only in the butt, not anywhere else. A, a diving, a diving <laughs> save. No, we are incredible friends, yeah, and actually, and actually, me and Sally are pretty good friends too. Like, it's really a good, good mixture, which, which is what makes this, this, this it's memory always, and this story. Yeah, so it's always good. fun when you like the husband as much as the wife. Um, at least for me, uh, it's hard to find like people that you click with all four, and then it's even harder to get people that click with your kids. Yeah. So th- this is a fun dynamic for us. All of, all this to say, they are some of our closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go over there for dinner, and of course, it's an amazing dinner. And Sally you know, makes these incredible margaritas. Incredible margaritas, and I I, I had I had a marg, and then you know me and Chris are just kind of sipping on some beers. But the girls, they're like, I'm driving home, and we're at Sally's house, so she ain't going nowhere. So they're like, let's amp this up a little bit. All I know is that I keep getting margaritas mm-hmm. in this like short, kind of like a whiskey glass. And they keep coming to me, and they keep getting clearer and clearer and clearer. There's like no just green. Left. <laughs> There's like a splash of green left. <laughs> um, so after dinner... The the oh, girls. This is after dinner. This is, well, yes. So the girls kind of disappear, and what a thing to note too is as me and Sally kind of kind of grew up on the same mentality of like when you party, you party hard. Like like <laughs> Gosh. we we may have grown up far away from each other, but, but we're kindred. We're, we're kindred spirits because because <laughs> she used to go to the clubs like the hip hop clubs. And dance, and I used to go to the hip hop clubs and dance. And a lot of people, a lot of people, are like, no, you never did that, dude. I used to go clubbing. They it was always awesome. talk about like music that they they're like, yeah, absolutely, oh man, you know, turn it up. They're, Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> I wish that was the song. <laughs> I know that one. They'll listen, listen, about stuff. listen. When DMX died, man, it was rough. Um, but anyway, so they're playing music in, in the living room, and next thing Mike sees is me doing body roll. <laughs> Well, I'm sitting. I'm sitting in the dining room with Chris, <laughs> and they have like one of those doors that closes off their dining room, but it's glass. And I look over, and I just see Paige body roll. Guys, one thing you have to know about me is that I do a good body roll. I you can do, do a it. Great and body roll. <laughs> Stop. And so Mike and I are hanging out. Or, I mean, all of us are hanging out. I'm getting more and more intoxicated. Maybe I understand this. Maybe I don't. I can't remember. So the girls just keep getting more and more crunk. And me and Chris are minding our own business. Well, at least I'm trying to. <laughs> and then I hear things go quiet. And Sally comes in the room. She goes, hey, your girl threw up in the sink. And I was like, what? So I stand up. We go in the, And I go in the kitchen. And Paige is literally hovered over their sink. And she's like, I'm sorry, you guys. I think <laughs> like, I remember spraying it off. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, I'm she like was, cleaning she was, it she up. She was trying to clean up Maybe. after herself. Yeah. Yeah. No, you were trying to. It was a good attempt. <laughs> Luckily, oh, Sa- Sally. Sa- Sally's really good at multitasking. Like, yeah. not, she can pop, lock, and drop, get drunk. While cleaning. And also maintain a very clean home. So kudos also, to you. A reminder, this is not their real names. <laughs> this is, yes. This is. <laughs> Because our real friend Sally is a great cleaner who does love to pop, lock, and drop it. But I did not know that. Yes. Okay. Well, real, real Sally, not fake Sally. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I have to say. Prove it. Um, so anyway, so it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I, think, it's, I think it's time. I, th- I think it's time to kind of chill. Uh, and then I find out that um, didn't, you, didn't you puke in their garage too? Guys... I apparently did a tour de puke. Puke. Tour de puke. <laughs> tour de puke. Puke. Uh, I puked in their kitchen sink. 
I either puked in their bathroom sink or bathroom toilet. Mike and I can't remember. And well, I wasn't, then I, wasn't I in there coherently remember puking in their garage. They had like a like one of those weather mats and their kids' shoes right in front of it. And I puked on the mat and I think on some of their kids' shoes. Yes, on their children's shoes. So I think that's when she said, come get your girl. Yeah, I, yeah. I think she was kind of like, oh, one time, twice, three times you're yeah. drunkie. <laughs> so Mike and I load up into the car. Chris gives us his patented splash guard. Yeah, he, he like <laughs> gives us like a, a, a waste basket with bags in it, and then he puts paper towels in the bottom to keep it from splashing and to kind of absorb it, which, very is, which is brilliant. Which he is, said it yeah, several times. Several, it still brings it up to this day. Um, <laughs> and I have a picture of me, I mean, just miserable with this splash guard. She looks like sweaty, my, you know, and yeah. that like her, all these flyaways. And so, friends, what I want you to... Oh. Well, I was going to say, so here's where here's where the, the story, like the the pinnacle of the story oh, is that... the pinnacle. The pinnacle, mm. All that stuff was funny. It was good. It was hearty. Good, you know. It was a good night. We had a lot of laughs. Um, Paige puked everywhere. <laughs> but what makes me remember this is the title of our podcast, and that is, as we're pulling away, Paige rolls down the window, and she, like an old woman, goes, "I'm, I'm sorry, I puked in your sink." <laughs> Leaning out the window. Sorry, Chris, I puked in your sink. <laughs> <laughs> and he also, was like, he was just like. That's okay. That's okay. Because <laughs> he's one of the chillest guys I know. Soup's chill. So I would like to also let you know that the next day, I don't even remember what time this was, two-ish, three-ish. I remember you said Jack in the Box was open, and I was like, I- I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you cannot convince me to go to Jack in the Box. Uh, and the next day I did not feel better until five o'clock that evening. And that alone was enough to convince me never again. It would have been three o'clock if you would have had the two for one tacos from Jack in the Box. Stop. You can't, you cannot pay me enough. No way. Pay you a dollar. Eat a taco. Thank you guys for being gracious as I now share the ugly of me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends, thanks for having a lot of grace with me as I share that ridiculous story. (laughs) Now next to like the serious part, Uh, Mike and I have been talking a lot lately about what does it look like in leading spiritually in marriage. Um, And I guess because of our background, when we went to Bible college, that was something that was just assumed. And I grew up in church, and so it was just assumed or I was told you know, marry, marry someone who's going to lead you spiritually in marriage. And okay. And I remember, um, I don't know, products of the early 2000s, anyone had this, but I made like a list of things that I wanted in someone um, that I was going to marry. And one of the things was like, I want them to love Jesus more than me. And, uh, you know, that was just something that we were raised as Christian women to have, and, and men, that men need to be the spiritual leader in their their marriage, and women need to submit to their husbands and spiritual leadership in marriage. And then I remember getting married and going, okay, so what does this look like? When does the spiritual leadership start? <laughs> like, do we have classes? Is there a seminar? And <laughs> my favorite is... When Mike and I started dating, we both tried to honor that. Yeah, we were like, okay, so this is it needs it needs to function this way. So let's let's make it function. So Mike got, I want to see if I can find it real quick. Mike got this huge Piper book. I mean, it was huge. Johnny P and John Piper book, and it talked about knowing God. I think it was called Knowing God. Yeah. And he sat me down and. He was like, we're going to read this book together. And it, I mean, I want to say we were two weeks into dating. He got me this book. And we both got a copy. And guys, I can't even describe how dirt poor we were. But it was like a $20 each book. And I was like, man, he just spent $40 on these books. I'm going to listen to what he has to say. No, I'm yeah, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're, 
we're sitting down and he starts leading this like Bible study with me. And I felt so awkward. Mm. And I was like, wait, what? And it felt like I was his junior high kid in his small group. And he was like leading a Bible study. And I was like, well, I feel like there must be more people here because me and you are talking about this and it's very awkward. Yeah. And I had no, like, I was just going off what I knew how, what to do. Like, I, I didn't know. I, I mean, I, I never had that example growing up. I never got to see it. And nobody ever was like, nobody ever like showed me like, here's what you do. I just was like, I know how to lead a Bible study. I know how to read and exposit scripture. So I'm just going to take those things and apply them to this. And yeah. I think you have like a super great heart about well, it. I, I mean, yeah. But, but we're like the blind leading, <laughs> leading the blind. We had no idea how to do it. Um, so I remember saying to him, we're in this Bible study and I'm like, wait a second, are you trying to like do a Bible study with me? I said, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like, I don't, I don't like this. This feels uncomfortable. And I was like, it, I spiritually lead. <laughs> I, I spiritually lead. That's right, just, right. This is, this is all this is what, Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? So I think we kind of like just tossed the books to the side. I think we were like, we'll do it separately and come back together. Um, and I think that should have been a, an early warning sign that we don't, books are not our thing. You know, like. Yeah, I. I don't have them anymore. I think mm-mm. I gave them away to some other couple that wanted to, <laughs> to be more holier than us. I like sitting here looking at the bookcase and I'm like, I don't even know where they are. Um, that and, would be why. And to kind of go off what Paige said. We like, could have read the Left Behind books. We could have. We could, I mean, could have. Let's in times. Let, 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 let's start over. There it is. Let's get a divorce, get remarried, and no, I'll spiritually no, worship I'm you with that. No, hard pass on all of that. Um, I remember hearing all these guys in Bible college that were like talking about spiritual leadership in the home and stuff like that. And I was like, who's a what'sies? Like, you want me to do what? And they're like, yeah, man, you got to be the spiritual leader of your house. And it was like a charge and like a call to arms, but nobody taught you. Nobody said like what it was. And it was almost like you knew that you had to do it, but nobody knew exactly what to do. It's kind of like sex at Bible college. You're like, Stop. I'm so excited to get married, man. <laughs> For what? For the sex. Do you know what that is? It's going to be awesome. <laughs> like you don't know what it is, but you know you got to do it. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say to all of that don't. right there. Listen, you don't. But <laughs> especially now with me being sober, we're like re- we're really revisiting this like what does it look like to, to have spiritual leadership in our marriage? Well, let's, before we get to like right now, let's kind of back up. So when we first got married, I was like, okay, well, I'm just kind of waiting on him to spiritually lead. I'm mm-hmm. shrugging my shoulders. You can't see that. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, so what does this look like? And I kind of felt like it was like this holding pattern of like, okay, well, I'll just wait for him to lead. Okay. So is, is this him leading? Is this, what, it, what are we doing? And that kind of went on for a couple of months. I came to this realization that I was like, I can still approach God just like how I've always approached God. Like just because he, I don't know, I kind of had this vision that like something would come down from heaven and my husband Mm. would lead me and like that Mike was my intercessor or something. Like I like I be I became your power source to the Lord. Like, right. Like the- Why did I think that? It wasn't anyone from the church that made me think that. There's not anyone. Well, I, guys, let's talk about this for a hot second. Sometimes people from the church are going to say things and they're going to have the best intentions. They're not going to try to hurt you, but that could put a seed of hurt in you. And that seed can grow and grow and grow. And then there's this like misconception or this pain or this church hurt that kind of has grown from that. And it's really popular to kind of point at that and say, this is why I don't like the church, or this is what the church did to me, or this is the church that like, this is how painful it was. And I I understand there is some very real church hurt, but can we please just have grace? They are humans doing ministry. And a lot of times what that looks like is they're spending 40 to 50 to 60 hours a week away from their families, pouring themselves out for everyone else. They're going to say something wrong, just like you're going to say something wrong to other people. And it's okay to give them grace and realize that they may have had great intentions, but they sucked at executing it. 
And so I'm not sure how I had that misconception. It's no one at the church's fault. But I somehow thought Mike had to inter- intercede for me or something. And a couple of months in, and I'm so thankful that it was only a couple of months, I was like, hold up, wait. <laughs> I'm just going to approach Jesus like I've always approached Jesus. And we're just going to go from there. Well, I think there's a there's a unnecessary pressure and like it's a it's a wrong expectation of what marriage is especially in Christianity you know like it's this like um it's this power up it's this like uh everything will get everything will be amplified and better you know like it's almost like you went from being like a normal human to like a superhuman now because there's two of you and like now um you know like your finances will be better because there's two of you and like you know, um, your spiritual life is going to be better because there's, you know, two of you together now worshiping God together. And like, it's just like, like, and I think especially with girls, like you're, you're, you're told like, wait, 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 wait for the perfect man, perfect man. So it's like, you're, you're waiting it already for salts, It sets us up for failure because there is no perfect man. Oh yeah. And the whole thing says Just like, you you're not perfect. Because like. Like uh, I'm talking about you as in the girl's not perfect. Yeah. But I mean like the whole thing sets you up for failure because. I had no idea what I was doing and like, but yet again, there was this like pressure of like being told like, Hey, when you get married, you got to be the spiritual leader of your house. Okay. Okay. That I, I can do that. I can do that. But I was afraid to kind of ask what is, what is that? What do you mean? What, and what that, does that look like for us? What does that tangibly look like? Cause I know. And like, I never asked that question, which is dumb of me, but honestly, I don't think anybody would have had an answer for me. That was telling me to do it because if they had an answer, I think they would have been like, hey, you need to be a spiritual leader of your home and here's what it looks like. And then tell me, you know, like I remember Gary, my dad was like, you know, the spiritual leader of the home takes care of himself spiritually first and foremost. That's the most important thing to him. So that way he can be there for his family spiritually. Great, great insight. I didn't apply it at first, but, you know, like that was the only thing I ever heard, though, was like. A small caveat, Mike was adopted, so if you listen to Mike Got Caught 1 and 2, his dad was never in his life, but he just referenced his dad. He's talking about his adopted dad. Yeah. We'll yeah. do an episode about that. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so through, through through our marriage, we've we've ebbed and flowed so many... I mean, we've been married for almost 10 years now, and we have ebbed and flowed in so many different directions of what spiritual leadership looks like in it. And when I say spiritual leadership, it, it, it's like, I don't want you to think it's like... I'm sitting in my chair and Paige comes and sits in, and kneels at me. And it's like, ah, let the leadership commence. I can tell you with everything <laughs> in my soul that that would never be the case. Or, and it's not this like, it's not this like I sit down at the breakfast table and I sit down with my Bible and it's quiet. I got my coffee. And then I don't I'm, think anything we've ever done has been quiet. And then I invite my wife to come join me to come sit with me. And just like we were talking about this before we press play to start recording or start press record, um, <clears throat> we were talking about how it's going to look different for every couple because you're taking two different personality types, putting them together and putting them in a marriage. So your marriage has a personality type too. So what works for Mike and I works for Mike and I. What works for... Nate and Nana works for Nate and Nana. I mean, mm. my gosh, they wake up at like five in the morning yeah. and they'd sit at the table and do Bible studies. That that would never work for me. But we're different people and there's grace in that. And there's not even grace because that sounds like something that was wrong. But like there's a, a spectrum of it's okay. You find out what works for you guys as a couple um, God just wants us to draw near to him. And I think as long as we are together drawing near to the Lord, there is a whole lot of um, wiggle room for finding out what works best. Yeah, like I know in, in our marriage, like there, there have been, we've had so many seasons in the past 10 years that I can't even tell you what's, what's worked and what hasn't. I know, I know what's happened. I know, what's, I know what things that haven't worked. You know, but like, I mean, there was a time where, gosh, like I worked 90 hours a week and I worked in Nashville and I never saw you guys. Like, yeah. The... And I was pregnant, um, which I, we've talked about, I don't do pregnancy well. Not and, at all. you're a um, monster. Yeah, I'm a monster. And 
So he was working 90 hour. He was working a ton of hours, but then he was in a long commute to Nashville and he wasn't home often. So what does spiritual leadership look like then? It doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, like at that time, like... Well, I think you, you know, spiritual leadership, encouraging to go to church. Yeah, encouraging like, to be among the body. When, when you can go to church, you go to church. I think that's all. And that's really all we had time for at that time in our life. Yeah. I really think that's all we had. Um, and then, gosh, I mean, we've had f- four kids in 10 years. I mean, our family Four kids in seven years. 10 yes. years being married. Yeah. Um, gosh, like, we, we just get adjusted to, like, life. And it's like, oh, okay, we can breathe now. These kids are functioning. Life is functioning. Work is good. And then we're pregnant. And then we're pregnant again. <laughs> and it's like, how, how am I supposed to? <laughs> and the thing is, is like, I, <clears throat> for and me, then, I, 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 I never knew what, what it looked like to spiritually lead. Um, so the whole time I was just making the best out of it. Like I was just up, applying. I was just making sure like go to church and. I think we've always been really great. And, and this is maybe getting ahead of ourselves in the podcast, but we've been really great at always having spiritual conversations. And that's what the bedrock of our marriage in you spiritually leading has looked like. We talk constantly about the Lord just in um, ideas. And he, well, and he's, and he's a topic of, yeah, he's a topic of our life. And he's constantly constantly being mentioned to our kids as we grow them spiritually and help them. So we are continually having conversations. And I think that's how we have figured out what spiritual leadership works best in our lives. Yeah. And I think like, like you said, I mean, and a part of that is we, is like, we rail things towards it, you know, like is, you know, like things that say at Zayo's school and things she deals with. It's like, we relate that back to like, okay, well, honestly, like how would the Lord feel about that? You know, or like when work things come up, it's like, okay, we need to, we need to probably go to the Lord to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not like, mm, Paige, we have a hard decision coming up. Let's fast for 10 days and, or let's fast for 48 hours and let's, let's sit down and read scripture. You're not dictating nonstop. what our plan is. We, yeah. It's a yeah. mutual us conversate, having yeah. conversations about it. Yeah. I want to go back to that time where you were working 90 hours a week or, you know, gone a ton. Obviously you weren't working 90, but it was a, it was a ton of hours. I remember being in a mom's group and our mom, our leader saying to us, sometimes all you can give the Lord is as you lay your head down on your pillow saying, I love you. And that's it. And I want to tell you some of the most holy times I've had with the Lord is saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. As I fall asleep. Because as this time where I'm exhausted I'm, I'm exhausted. And uh, when I had a one and a three-year-old, Memphis was a really hard baby. He was very um, attached and needy. And that was the most exhausted I've ever been in parenthood. Um, and I just remember thinking, like, I'm, I'm giving all that I am to parenthood. I can't. What does growing spiritually even look like for me when I... From the moment I wake up, I have a child in my face till the time I go to bed, I'm taking care of someone else, let alone the house. And I've now learned for me, playing worship music, being intentional about podcasts so that I can have Jesus among us as we are doing life. That's been really helpful for my spiritual life. But it is okay to go to bed and just say, I love you. And that's all I have to give. That is it. That is an act of worship all in of itself. Hmm. It's a season. It is a season. Now being a you know, even a couple of years removed from that, I now have time to actually have time with the Lord, actually spend time in his word, actually do a Bible study. So just give yourself grace if you are in a season where you desire, but you have littles and you just can't. 
Yeah, and guys, I mean, have grace with yourselves too in the sense of like, there's you got a lot, but I encourage you to to focus on the things that you can and keep the things that you can a priority, a priority. You know, going to church, you know, talking about the Lord. If you, as, as dumb as it may sound, and it's really not, coming in after your kids are asleep and praying over them and then praying over your wife as you guys fall asleep, you know, it doesn't be some big grandeur like, you know, let us bow down and do all these things. I mean, you can if you want it to be, but sometimes you just don't have it in you. And so I think just taking the time that you, the little time that you do have and giving it as much as you can and keeping the priorities, the priorities. One thing that we, we realized really, really early on was that, um, me and Paige are two different, two different people. <laughs> One of the things that attracted me to you is that you have a deep wealth of biblical knowledge. Mm. One of those Go things on. that I posted on my list of things that I wanted in a husband hear my like laden <laughs> sarcasm joke. I don't know. It rarely was on my list is that I wanted to know within 10 minutes of meeting the person that I wanted to date is whether or not they were a believer. I met Mike at Bible college. So obviously that was like a very quick check because <laughs> I knew <laughs> he was at Bible college going to school to become a pastor. Obviously he loved Jesus. Obs. But one of the things that really impressed me about Mike is that Mike has a deep wealth of knowledge of scripture. That's That was really impressive. Um, and one of the things, though, too, when it comes to any kind of like spiritual leadership and just in, in a relationship is how we perceive things and how we go about things. Like I like I, I approach the Lord very systematically and I and I think about like when I think about when I when I want to think about the Lord, I think about his word. Because his word leads me to him, and I, I think about the Lord. I, I meditate on him, and and constantly, and where. But I'm not like my heart's not like in this like, prancy doe. Like I'm gonna go. Are find you saying Jesus. like I'm in this I'm inflatable like? Yeah, wacky inflatable flailing arm man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's not maybe me. I am. That's not me. I'm the anvil that's anchored to an anchor. His name is Jesus. We often say that if you've watched Trolls, that I am Poppy and he's Branch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's true. But Mike is very like, in that movie, like, we have to have a plan. We like, we got to be safe. And I'm like, it's going to be fine. And that's how we kind of approach but, Jesus sometimes too. Because I'm looking at it like. It's 100% like, how we approach Jesus. Like, before, like, you have a thought about Jesus? Okay, what does scripture say about that thought? And Paige is like, skippity-doo, confetti cannons, Jesus. 100%. And he'll tell me things, and I'm like, scripture doesn't say that. And he's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. And this is a great way of how you spiritually led. You'd be like, let's grab scripture. Oh, do, 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 do. Oh. oh, this is me rubbing my hands in excitement. So one time we're driving in Spokane. Oh, don't tell oh, them. Here's the thing. And and, and, and I, I blame the church. I don't blame you. I blame the church for no, just the, the lack of it. This is me. I it's, wasn't paying attention. I'm sure they covered it. So she's, uh, she mentioned. Guys, I hate school. She, I hate school. She mentioned like, you know, like Satan being in hell right now. And I was like, wait, what you mean? She goes, you know, like he's, he's in hell reigning right now. I was like, do you think that hell is like Satan's kingdom? She's like, yeah, like God gets heaven. And Satan gets hell. Like, that that's his kingdom and they're fighting. And I'm like, no, no, baby, 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 baby. Satan is just afraid as hell as we are. And then I, I went in and I explained, you know, the theology of hell and heaven to her. And, like, and, and, and it wasn't, I, mean, I was kind of amazed because, especially because we both graduated from Bible college, that there was this huge gap of, like, do you, like, do you not know these things? I thought what you were going to tell me. <laughs> oh gosh, there's is there something, something better there's that something I something better. Uh, we were not me and you, Mike and I. Hardly even. I don't think we took any classes together because I was the a, Lord, we did not. I took. I was a year ahead of him um, in school, but I was sitting in a class and I can't remember if it was my freshman year. It had to have been my freshman year at Moody, and they talked about Jesus came. back. Back after he died on the cross and after he, you know, 
came out of that grave. Oh my gosh. And I knew that Jesus was like around for a little bit, but I didn't know that it was 30 days. I had no idea that he like talked to people, showed them their his hands. I had no idea. I don't know how I missed that memo, guys. That's a big one. It is a big one. That's like a big, I mean, that's a, you do know he died on the cross. Stop. Okay. <laughs> I watched Passion, I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But anyway, so so me and Paige, we man, we are different in that way. And I'm very just like like I don't I don't let my my heart lead me like that, which can be good, but also very bad sometimes because I'm like no. That doesn't say the word joy there. I'm not going to feel joy. <laughs> you know. Mike definitely has a deep head knowledge when it comes to the Lord and I operate 100% out of my heart and I have to be convinced to like, there is a reason why we use our head when we talk, when we fall in love with the Lord. And I'm like, I don't know. Do you need it? Which, which makes things like, like corporate worship very different for us because it's like me, like I'm, 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 I'm reading these words and then I'm, I'm praying them over to the Lord. Like I'm thinking about what the words are saying on the screen and I'm thinking them over to the Lord, giving, giving thanks for them. But I'm Mike thinking is like, kind of more s- stoic yeah. when it comes to worshiping the Lord. And I do look like one of those inflatable, wacky, inflatable <laughs> wacky yeah. inflatables on the side of the road. I, if I could have flags in our Baptist church, oh, my flags would be a flying. I, <laughs> I, Here's how I approach it. I'm a very emotive person to begin with. So when I worship the Lord, I am going to be even more emotive because of what he has done and what he continues to do. I will give him every ounce that I have. Which has made it really fun being in church together for so long. Um, and a lot of times it's been like, oh man, like am I, am I not as spiritual as she is? Or, and I, and I have, and, and, I, and I have apologized to Paige about this in the past. Like, there have been times when I'm like, girl, you're just crazy. Like, the, like the way you approach this is just so, it's, uh, I didn't think she was serious for a long time. And I, and I had to realize, like, I mean, it took years because I, I was looking at my faith and being like, it doesn't matter, hers doesn't match mine. So something's wrong with her. Like mm. I, I take, I take my faith seriously and it doesn't seem like she takes her seriously because she doesn't approach it the same way. And I'll be fully honest. It's 10 years later and Paige is the most serious believer in Christ I've ever met in my entire life. Like she has enough passion for a room of 10,000 Baptists and Methodists. <laughs> um, no Presbyterians. They don't do nothing. That's, that's ones who don't do nothing. Right. Stop they sit there. It. Sarah, die, I'm sorry. <laughs> baptizing babies. Um, but yeah, so, and it took me forever to get over, get over myself and then look at her and be like, man, your faith is like fire, which is exactly what it should be. It should be like fire. It should be refining. It should be alive and moving. And so I'm slowly um, growing. I'm not going to change, but I am definitely growing more of like... Well, I think the whole point of all of this is you have a ton to show me and grow me. And I have tons to show and grow Mm -hmm. you and we're rubbing off on each other and that's what a good spiritual leadership in marriage should be you should point me to christ and i should point you to christ you should love me like christ loved the church willing to die for me Hmm. i should what's the other part of that (laughs) what am i supposed to be doing i don't you tell me i don't know I'll uh, do and, it though. <laughs> and then going on on that note, earlier we talked about me and my my John Piper Bible study that I tried to force Paige into doing. Um, <laughs> let's talk about ways that you have uh, <laughs> you have thwarted. The you can say it. Leadership. Do you want me to? Yeah, you Does say it. Come it. Up? it comes across kind of mean if you say it. I guess. Yeah. So, so <laughs> trying, to, trying to save try, trying to save your face here, babe. So for me. Um, there's been tons of times, and we talked about this at lunch today, 
Uh, there's been tons of times where I've been like, just do it and watch God make it better. And like literally said it just like that. And there's been a lack of patience that I've had with Mike in his spiritual walk and lack of kindness towards him. I kind of want to be like, get with the program. Yeah, you clap back at me constantly when it comes to like spiritual things. Do I really? Uh, yeah, a little bit, and that's that's why that's I let you say it. But, Sorry but now that, that you you dug your own grave, you know, there's so many times, and, and like, and, and here's the thing: there have been a lot of times where she's spot on. Like, hey, get on your face in prayer right now. We need to do this. Get on your knees. We need to, we need to go to prayer. Um, there's also been a lot of times like where she's like, just let it go. Like, give it to God and let it go, and it'll be just fine. And it's like. That doesn't make sense. And then she's like... Which leads me to, if I can just, for two minutes, I know that I'm doing this a lot and I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, A spiritual practice that I learned in college with uh, one of my incredible roomies that I had, Bridget, um, is giving things over to the Lord. And so in my mind, I envision the thing that I'm really struggling with, whether it's a job loss or a friendship or a relationship that I'm really just grappling with. And I imagine that I'm holding it in my hands um, and I cut my hands together like I'm making like a bowl and I imagine it in my hands and I say to the Lord, Lord, I, I give this over to you. I give this over to you. I cannot hold on to this. And I take one of my hands and I scrape um, what I'm imagining off of my hands and imagine it falling to the floor. And then I take my other hand and I scrape it off that hand and imagine it falling to the floor. And then I have my hands out and I say, Lord, I give it over to you. This is completely yours. I do not want to... X, Y, and Z. Take it back again. I don't want to hold on to it. I don't want to hold on to these ill feelings. I don't want to be angry. So on and so forth, whatever you're struggling with. And I say, Lord, I give it over to you and ask that you take it. And I do that over and over and over again until it does not come up again. So there, ooh, this is about to get real, real. (laughs) There's a time where I really was struggling and there was this was several years back. Um, I feel like I was just being tempted to like find a friend's husband attractive and play out scenarios. And I was like, I like, I want to flee from this. I want to run from this. And I cannot even tell you how many times I had to stop in the middle of my day and scrape those off of my hands and lay that before the Lord and say, I'm not picking it up again. And every time it popped into my head, every time, every time it popped into my head, I would scrape it off and leave it at the feet of Christ and say, like, I know that you have died so that this is not a sin that I would enter into, so that I did not have to give myself over to temptation. Would you please hold this for me? Would you please take this away from me? Would this please be a cup that I do not have to drink from. And guys, I want to be so clear that God was so faithful. And I'm not going to say that it was in an instant. It was a working. It was a a continual give over to him. But the Lord delivered. And I came through that with Christ's blood on me, taking that cup from me so that I did not have to. And I so when I have this like lack of patience with Mike, I'm like, I don't know. This is what he did for me. I'm pretty sure he'll do it for you too. It's one of the reasons why I love you. <laughs> it really lack is. Of patience. No, it's because your devotion. It's really one of the more beautiful things about you. And I appreciate that. Thank you. I think that's a good segue into our last little part. Um, one of the biggest struggles for years, especially coming out of like the whole Bible college and then being on staff at a church, like in that Christian bubble thing of like, men, make sure you're spiritually, spiritually leading your family. Women, make sure you're submitting to your husbands. It was like these blanket statements that were put over us. And it was like, we know we were told what to do constantly. This, this is what you got to do. 
Here's the goal. Write it down. Whatever you got to do. Know what you got to do. Okay. I know it. I know I need to spiritually, spiritually, spiritually lead my family. But how do I get from the what to the how? Mm. Like, how do I practically do this? Yeah. And, and now that I'm sober, now that I am, now that I'm able to take it more seriously, because there's not this like, there's not this animosity between my, me and my wife and that's animosity between me and the Lord and me and myself. Like I've been really thinking about like, what does it look like to practically spiritually, spiritually lead my family? I know the what, and now I'm just figuring out the how. And, and in this season, like we have, we have a, a four month old, a two year old, an almost five year old and almost seven year old. We're busy. Um, but what I'm learning right now is like, I first and foremost need to make sure that I'm loving the Lord in my own time and in my own strength and the, and giving him part of me so that when the time comes, I have that, I have him inside me to give to my family. Um, but like church is a priority. It is the biggest priority. We go. We go whether we whether we're sick, whether the kids are crazy, and let me tell you, every Sunday if you have kids, it's insane. There's going to be a reason each Sunday not to go. A million, a million of them. Um, go, go, and don't be afraid to have those conversations with with your spouse. That's what I'm learning. Like talk, like I talk to Paige about spiritual things all the time, and that sounds so like weird to be like spiritual things. Like I'm not talking about yoga. I'm talking about like. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and crucified. Like, yeah, like, what did you think about the service? What did you think about this? Hey, we saw that. What did you think about that? Talk to them about what your what my what your kids are, are learning about. You know, it's yeah. That's what I was about to say. It's like sometimes, like when Zayo, gosh, she goes to a public school and she brings back some things, and we have to talk about like how do we feel about this? How do we how do we feel about her and how do we approach this conversation with her? Cause she's picking up some bad habits or, you know, how do we feel about what does the Lord tell us? Not how do we feel? What does the Lord tell us we're supposed to do about situations like this? And that even brings us into a deep spiritual conversation among us. And, and Mike leads us in that path. Another way that Mike has been growing and we'll get in <laughs> we'll have a full story about this, but, um, Mike used to not tithe. He used to not give of his money to the church um, and to the Lord, ultimately. And Mike has become such a giver. Um, and that's been really beautiful to watch. And even today, he reached out and was like, hey, like I, um, I want to X, Y, and Z. Uh, he was saying this to our associate pastor. And he was like, how would I go about doing that? And I was just like, man, like there again is just the fruit of him growing. Sorry, I didn't talk to you about that before I made that, before I offered uh, that. Listen, <laughs> we made an agreement way, way early in our marriage of like, if there is a question about giving, the answer is always yes. Hmm. You don't have to talk to me about that. That's true. <laughs> Guys, we have, and this is, this, is, this, is, this is the season we're in right now. Uh, I, I know what I got to do. And I'm learning how to do it. Um, and it changes for everybody. And it's different for everybody. But man, do your best. <laughs> try, try to make the best out of it. Um, yeah. So what is... How, how is the way that you lead us spiritually? Just give us like two or three. Two or three? Yeah. Um, I make church a priority. Because our community is very important, mm-hmm. and going to church is very important. I want my kids in church. I want my kids to remember church and enjoy the thought of going to church. And right now they do, which is awesome. I love it. I love that they love going to church. We get excited to go to church. Like we're amped in the car. We're going to church. We're going to church. We're going to church. And like donuts may be a part of that. Donuts chant. are a big part of it, but that's not like the I said that reason. chant. I know that's yeah. That's it. Um, another one is. I just started doing this. Uh, I pray over Paige at night when we're falling asleep. Um, she actually told me, like, and, and I think there's another thing is with each other, like, don't be afraid to be like, hey, I need you to do this. I need this out of you. 
saying that to your spouse, whether that be men to the women or women to the men, saying what you need. Like page with page. Yeah, I think sometimes women are like, I just want you to know. But the reality is, no, he's not a mind reader. He doesn't like, there's no, that's not a real expectation I can have on anyone. I can't approach a friendship and be like, hey, I need you to say nice things to me all the time. That's what I need out of this friendship. Like, I can't expect that out of someone without vocalizing that to them. Yeah. And the other night she was like, like two weeks ago, she was like, it'd be really nice if you would pray over me at night. I was like, that, and I, that's a need she needs. That's something she needs. That And then I should be doing that. And then men step up. And then step up. And that's all I'm doing. And is, women. Yeah. I'm literally taking a couple of minutes and just praying over it. I'm not praying out loud. I'm praying to myself and to the Lord. And that's it. Um, and another big one for me is um, always speaking about the greatness of God to mm. my kids. Yeah. That's huge. Like I'm constantly trying to just be like, like Memphis one night was, couldn't go to sleep. And he was like, can we put another night night, night in here? And I'm like, sure. And he's like, he's like, I'm afraid of the bad guys coming. And I was like, oh man, Memphis, bad guys, they're afraid of the Guzman house. Mm. Bad guys, when they come by here, they're so afraid they're shaken. They won't come here. And he said, why? Because you have guns. And I said, well, that's one reason, yes. <laughs> I said, but more. I said, more than daddy's guns, more than daddy. I was like, because God protects us. Because mm, God is in this house. Yeah. And he was like, and God will save us? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, because God's like a soldier? And I was like, yep. Memphis is way in the soldiers right now. But like, it's, 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 it's making God something real to them and tangible because he is. He is. Mm. And just telling your kids that. And here's the thing. It's so crazy. The more I tell my kids that, the more I believe in myself. Yeah. I think a really big part in our marriage is there's very few times where spiritually we disagree on something. That's just, it hasn't happened. But coming to the Lord and both of us having an open heart of like, okay, whatever the Lord directs us, then we'll do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically when it comes to money and giving, there are... God is so gracious that every time I bring to Mike, like, hey, this and this is going on. So-and-so lost their job. I think we need to give them money. Or or so-and-so doesn't have enough money to pay for diapers. Or so-and-so only has $14 in their account until their payday. Um, Just one, fellow believers, have your eyes and ears open for ways that you can help other believers, help other people around you. Um, But two... When I come to Mike and I say, like, hey, I think we should help this person out, and I have a number in my heart, God has always been so gracious to give Mike that exact same number. It's really weird. And Mike will say, it's like a weird lottery. hey, I think we should give him $200. And I'm like, that's exactly what my heart it's said, weird, too. It's a weird, weird, weird lottery, But it's bit, like consistently. I think there's been one or two times that... And I think I've always overshot when, when that happens. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, 350 And she's like, well, I was thinking like 150 but okay. And I'm like... Okay, 150 sounds good. <laughs> You're no. saying the one or two times a week. Yeah. yeah. Like a- and I'm like, oh, yeah, we can do that too. Because you know what? When you give, the Lord so graciously overflows you. He mm. just does. Mm. I don't know how it happens. The math, there's been so many times where I'm like, the math doesn't work out. The math doesn't work out. But it does. God's economy, man. It's good stuff. And I think lastly, um, probably the, the best way you can lead your family um, is taking your own spiritual life very seriously. What does um, that look like for you? Uh, it looks like a lot of different things. And I think for a lot of people, pe- people will often, I think, like cop out and be like, well, it looks differently for everybody, which is true. But I also think that there's some like universal truths. Um, you know, like take your relationship with, with God and with Jesus very, very seriously. Um, put in effort. Uh, that's one thing that I've learned um, about getting sober is that my lack of sobriety, my abuse of pills, my lying to you, the things I was, the things that, that I was hiding from you, I was also hiding from the Lord, even though he knew, you know, right. but those things were affecting my spiritual walk. 
And so I, I wasn't okay spiritually. And so I think like part of taking your spiritual walk seriously is wanting to be healthy and wanting to be, um, upright. You remember when I was just thinking about how, um, there was that time that we were worshiping at church and after church, or maybe it was before church, I said to you, like, I can't worship beside you because when I worship beside you, I feel like there's like a, a darkness, a dark cloud or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and you, you looked at me and you're like, you can feel that. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't, but yes, yes, I do. Um, and that was mm, six months. That was like probably three months before you admitted the suicide thing. Yeah. So six yeah. months before all the things went crazy. Yeah. And I think something... like I think that's a way that you lead spiritually. It's like being healthy so that, I mean, even the simplest things, like I can be beside you mm-hmm. and worship. And mm-hmm. and um, when you weren't healthy, you I would tell you things about like, Hey, I think like, I know you're struggling with this and this is how, you know, this is what I would do. And this is how I've seen freedom from this situation. Um, and you would have a lot of pushback on that, but now you're able, you and your clarity of mind are able to give that advice to me. Mm. Whereas before it was a, a big pushback on spiritual matters. Oh yeah. Because I, I was, a, I, I, I didn't like, I felt like, I felt like a fraud. And also, like, it just, it reminded me of how, it's kind of like when when you have a distant parent or a parent that's passed away and Mother and Father's Day comes along and you're like, all, all that is being reminded of the the loss or the hurt that's there. Oh, man. And so anytime that you would bring up something spiritual, it was like... It's, it, it's painful because, like, you're not experiencing that as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. And I think um, I'm going to kind of high horse and kind of be a jerk, but like if it's alcohol, like if that's your problem or pills or pornography or flirting with other women or television or sports or overworking, like if there's something that is keeping you from being really close to Jesus, then that you, that's keeping you from effectively leading and protecting your family spiritually. And right. and it's it's sometimes like that's the hardest pill to swallow, especially for men. Cause, right, because you can't compartmentalize as much as you would like to. There is yeah. always going to be seeping into other things. Yeah. And, and like in our marriage, what it was is like, I don't understand why, like why are it, you would say that you were coming before the throne and giving things over to God and, and you know, working things out. But then there's, you know, you felt like a fraud and mm-hmm. like you, you weren't giving those things fully over to the Lord and you were still, um, uh, playing with your sin. Mm-hmm. And so there is all, there's this tension that floated, seeped, whatever into every area, every box in our lives. Um, when really the, the root, so much has been taken out of our lives. So much, there's so much lack of tension in our lives now. There's yeah. freedom. Yeah, that, like, that's the word, guys. Yeah, <laughs> freedom. Yeah. Uh, no, I would, I would, I could, I would walk into a room wherever you were, come home, and it was instant tension. And it wasn't not like, no, but I, I don't think that. I think um, when things would go wrong, instead of it being on a one, it oh, could yeah. easily jump to a seven just because there's, there's something there that I didn't know. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I meant what I said because I always felt like I was going to get caught. Right. And I was always like afraid of that, you know, of being, being exposed. So spiritually leading your family by taking care of your own spiritual life. Yeah. Really brings a lack, lack of tension and abundance of freedom because there's not that, that glow, that, um, glooming. Mm-hmm sense of doom and really it's, it's it's as you were saying that i think about like like when we lived in the pacific northwest and like 10 months out of the year it's just overcast right and like after seven years of being there like you do get used to it you get accustomed to it sure you know but then you come to a place like florida or tennessee when it's not overcast constantly and you're like oh 
Like it's so nice. Mm -hmm. And it's just like same thing with like here. Like we leave here in the summer when it's all humid and go to like Washington and it's like, what is this? It's a nice break. (laughs) It's a nice break. Um, we, we grow accustomed to, to living under that gloom, you know? And so like you just, you just start to live with it and Mm -hmm. it's, it's really sad. So yeah, I think, I think the last way that tangibly lead my family is make sure like I'm doing okay spiritually and taking care of myself with Jesus first and foremost. What does that look like? Taking care of yourself spiritually, making sure you're right with Jesus. You had said like transparency with Jesus essentially. Um, Well, I mean, like in CR, we're going through step five right now. And that is, you know, admit your your faults to God and to someone else you trust. Right. And accountability partners are incredible and friends are incredible and pastors are incredible. Um, But there is... There is something about telling the person that you spend the most time with because my accountability with my counselor is once every two weeks. And my accountability with some of the men I know is once every two weeks or every once a week. My accountability with my wife is 24-7. Right. And so it is great to have those other people, but having that accountability at home you can't escape that. Right. And so, you know, like sharing the temptations and sharing the failures and successes and things like that. Um, but also with the Lord, like, don't just be like, oh man, I, I lusted today or, oh man, I smoked a cigarette or, oh man, I, I started drinking at lunch and I, but I stopped. So I didn't do it. And, you know, or like, it's like, God does see it, but tell him. Right. And I think there's so much freedom. I talk about this with miscarriage too, is there's so much freedom once you just open up and talk about Mm -hmm. it. Um, Because, I mean, just honestly, Satan thrives on keeping things in the dark Mm -hmm. and keeping you feeling like you can't possibly share it. Um, And the the more you talk about it, the easier it is to talk about. Um, And it's kind of like redistributing your pain. You know, the... And redistributing uh, your your comfort. And, you know, sometimes um, people aren't going to receive it well. Just move on to the next person. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. We can give grace to that person. Even if they're mean and awful, give grace and move on to the next person. Because the next person might have some really great advice. Um, I really struggled with something this week. That's why we went to Disney. <laughs> and I didn't reach out to one of my best friends because she was on vacation and I was trying to give her space and time. But then when she got back, I kind of texted her and caught her up. And she said something so powerful to me that brought me so much freedom. And I was like, oh, I should have just reached out. You know, like <laughs> I had been talking to other people and would have saved they were so, so much kind. Money. And they were really nice. And they were saying, oh, stop the money. <laughs> I just got that. But... You know, sometimes you just have to share your burdens with multiple people, mm-hmm. and that's okay, as long as you're not talking slanderously about someone else. Mm-hmm. Keep that mess to the you and the Lord. Yeah. That's a soapbox, sorry. <laughs> um, one thing that I'm trying to get more into is is daily scripture reading, right? Um, which is a huge struggle for me. Um, but The Bible Recap is phenomenal, guys. It's a podcast. I highly take, recommend it. Take a listen it. to that. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah. I mean, staying in constant contact with the Lord and telling him like, hey, man, I messed up or that was really hard. Or I mean, even though he already knows, like just telling him, like there's such freedom in telling him and then sharing that burden with somebody else. Right. Um, yeah. That's, that's how good. I, that's how I, I try to spiritually lead you guys. Mm-hmm. And it's different for everybody. Um, and I think, I think we said this earlier, but like, don't be afraid to ask, like, Hey, honey, am am I am I spiritually leading you? And if your kids are old enough, hey, am I spiritually leading you guys? Or what do you need? Or what do you need for me to spiritually lead you? Because it's all different. And then, and honestly, like, look at people in your church or in your life who seem like they're doing it. (laughs) And I mean, and I say seem because sometimes it can be like it. It seems that way, but look look for those people and ask them. Right. And. For like, us, like we we stink at bedtimes. By the time it's bedtime, me and Mike are like, okay, go to bed. Like, don't come out. 
Don't yep. even talk about like go to bed. Yeah, and our no, kids are pretty. There's nothing sweet about bedtime. Pretty good about that. Um, so like that bedtime prayer, that bedtime like connecting, reading a book about you know scripture. That doesn't happen at our house. But what does happen is we pray all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about the hurts and pains, like physically, but also emotionally. We talk about God and how he asks for forgiveness. I mean, we there is not a, a time where we're not talking about the Lord. And that's what works best for our family. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of men who, when they come home, and like it's night's time, like... They go in there and they pray with their kids. They get on their hands and knees and they pray with their kids. And that's awesome. And maybe one day that'll be us, but right now it's not. And my kids don't really need that, you know? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe, <laughs> I was maybe, like, I don't know, maybe they do need that. Maybe and I'll that's something them. we could ask them. We could definitely ask I them, mean, yeah. we are not perfect by any means. The last thing I want is to portray that we are like these people who have all the, all the answers, but... We're just sharing. I got no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Kind of works for us. Yeah. Well, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, I know this is so cheesy to say, but if you could write an actual review for us on Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world to us. And uh, Sherry Barbosa from uh, Florence, California, who gave us the one star. (laughs) Yeah, I found out who you are. It's called the internet. I can do whatever I want to. No. Um, I would love it if you could write an honest, an honest review of what you think about our podcast. I'm not telling you to give us five stars. I'm not telling you to give us one star. Write an honest review of what you think. That would help us out tremendously just to get to know new friends. Or just a ridiculous review. Oh my gosh, please write a ridiculous review. Also be on the lookout because this week we may or may not do a giveaway on our Instagram. Listen, I don't have the money for that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Friends, thank you again for joining. This is Laugh So You Don't Cry. <laughs>